So we know that there is always, there is a need plumb everywhere. Um, every one of us tonight has a story, a testimony of something that we've gone through, something that we're going through. And many of us don't know it, but we're going to go through something, yeah. right? And so here's what we do know, though. God remains the same yesterday, today, forevermore. We can trust him. We ought to trust him. He's given us every reason to trust him. And we see, and as the focus that you'll see throughout the sessions tonight and throughout tomorrow as well, is that God's grace allows us to live in spite of all these circumstances, all the suffering, all the trials that we face. While God's grace may not deliver us this side of heaven away from all tribulation, rather we are told that God's grace will preserve us through these days that we live in as pilgrims wandering, that one day we will reach uh, by God's grace, uh, heaven shore, to see him face to face. And in that, that is where we will find our eternal rest. And so until that day, we want to glean from the, uh, the, the word of God. We want to uh, receive his grace by faith. We want to trust him in what he has for us. And uh, how many of you tonight know what to expect? Okay, well, a couple of you maybe, not sure, right? Maybe. How, how many of you don't know what to expect? All right, perfect, all right. Even, these, even this uh, group here, <laughs> the yuck, yuck group over here, right? Uh, no, they know what to expect, hopefully, but we'll figure it out. But I'm thankful, actually, that most folks tonight don't know what to expect. Uh, so many times we go to revival, we go to Jubilee, we go to all sorts of meetings, and we know what to expect. We know how to do church. We know how to do all sorts of things. Come Sunday morning, everyone here at Victor Wake knows what to expect, right? Expect the unexpected here, right? <laughs> But here's what we can understand is this, that we don't need just ordinary humdrum service. We want to meet with the Lord and we want him to do a deep work in our hearts because each one of us tonight would probably say, and we wouldn't even want to say to our neighbor about what we've gone through, what we're going through, but we know this, God does and he cares deeply. And so tonight what I want to do is uh, point you to a couple things. First off, if you got any questions, if you're looking for anything, find somebody that's wearing one of these. And even if they're not wearing one, ask them anyways. They might know something that us don't know. Uh, the bookstore is out there, as well as the uh, John and Joanne Ashley's table uh, from in, in Spite of Ministries. And so they are out there uh, to answer questions, to talk with you, pray with you. They want to minister here. And I'm so grateful for John and Joanne to be here as well. We've got... Uh, Pastor Ryan and his dear wife Bree, they're going to be, he's going to be preaching tonight and uh, they're both going to be speaking tomorrow. She'll be speaking with the ladies at 10 o'clock and he'll be speaking with the guys. And then as well, uh, Pastor Michael Mabe, grateful for him as well. Uh, so I got to meet them and as you see, you can read that in the, the little uh, booklet there. But the booklet's got just about everything you need as well, some opportunity for you to take some notes for sessions and things. But without further ado, here's what I want to do. I want to give a quick reading of scripture. I want us to uh, point our hearts to the Lord and he alone is our hope. And uh, we're going to pray, and we're going to turn over to Brother Ashley. He'll have our first session of the night. And uh, let's look here. Psalm 119 tells us this. I'm not going to read the whole Psalm 119 in case you know what that is. That's a real long one, all right? But here's what I want to do. I want to look at verses 71 through 77. The psalmist here, David writes, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. They that fear thee will be glad when they see me because I have hoped in thy word. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right and that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. Let, I pray thee, thy merciful kindness be for my comfort according to thy word unto thy servant. Let thy tender mercies come unto me that I may live, for thy law is my delight. If you are looking for the tender mercies of God, 
Only place you need to look to tonight is God's word. What we will find is God's mercy is there. It is rich. It is overflowing. It is everlasting, the everlasting. It is unfailing and unchanging. And what we find is in these verses, the psalmist had gone through some deep, dark, awful, terrible tribulations and pain in his life. And he's able to say that it was God's faithfulness that not only brought about the affliction in his life, but brought about it for a greater purpose that he might know him and trust his word all the more. And so tonight, while we, are not, while we might not have all the answers, we know that God does, and we know that he and his grace is sufficient. Robert Murray McShane put it this way. He said, affliction brings out graces that cannot be seen in a time of health. It is the treading of the grapes that bring out the sweet juices of the vine. So it is affliction that draws forth submission, weanedness from the world, and complete rest in God. Use afflictions while you have them. Let us pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this night. We are so grateful to gather. We are grateful for this conference that we can host it, Lord, and just to try to get, be a help and encouragement to folks who are in need. And Lord, we are poor and we are needy tonight. God, we're in need of your hand. We're in need of your touch tonight from your word. I pray that you'll be with Brother John as he comes to preach your word and, and uh, all of our speakers throughout this weekend. Lord, that you'd be with every soul in this place. God, that we would come ready to hear from your word that it would be tender mercies to us, and Lord, that we would see uh, that your hand is in every moment of our life, including the trials, including the suffering, and Lord, you use it for our good and for your glory. I pray that tonight you would glorify yourself, that you would do a deep work in every heart tonight, and that we might see Christ. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother John, you come and you preach, and I'm so glad that you are here, and now you'll get to know what to expect, all right? <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much. Pastor Brian, thank you for hosting this conference. Thank you, folks, for, for being here this evening. It really is a blessing. Um, our ministry is living in spite of, living in spite of ministry. I'm going to ask my wife, Joanne, to stand up um, because she always doesn't like it when I do this, but I feel so powerful when I can just ask her to stand, and she does that for me. But, uh, but she's the cashier. If you want to uh, purchase any of our, of our books back there, um, any of the information back there. Come and see us at the table, but she's the one that takes, takes care of that table for the most part. Um, but uh, we'd love for you to come by. And uh, there is a clipboard there at the table that if you'd like to get, we send out an email um, once a month, kind of an update for our ministry. Uh, if you're interested in uh, getting on that, just uh, there's a clipboard back there. You can put your name and your email. We don't sell your email. We don't give it to anybody else. We just send out once a month our, our newsletter. Um, our ministry is called Living in Spite of Ministries. And I emphasize the living because, folks, in spite of whatever it is you're going through, the Lord wants you to live. He doesn't want you to just exist. He doesn't want you to just get by as a child of God. He wants you to live. He wants you to enjoy your life, enjoy being a child of God, even in the midst of very difficult times. Um, many of you have seen our video, um, and I appreciate that. And Tomorrow we will uh, talk a lot more about Johnny and, and the things that the Lord did in our lives uh, through John. Johnny, Johnny lived, <laughs> amen, in spite of all the trials that he faced. He definitely lived his life. Has anyone ever said to you, or have you ever thought, you know what, I could never do what you're doing. I could never go through what it is that you're going through. Has anybody ever said that to you? Have you thought of that yourself? You know, as a person going through, as, as though this person, whoever you may be talking to, or someone's talking to you, as if we're anything special. 
as if we're different than anybody else. The fact of the matter is we all go through trials, don't we? Truth is that people many times are, are forced into situations that they hadn't planned for. They hadn't planned to, to go through. Situations that you thought you could never handle. You know, whether we know it or not, most of us in this room will at some time or another uh, be a caregiver. Let's just put, use that as an example. Being a caregiver. Uh, it may not be for a, a child like my wife and I, uh, but it may be for an aging parent. It may be for uh, a, a spouse. Maybe for somebody else that, that you care about, you, you're thrust into this situation that you thought you could never handle, you could never do, uh, uh, do what is, is in front of you. But you know what? You'll learn to do the next thing. You learn to do the next thing that has to be done. You move forward with your life. You know, I always wonder how people can handle different circumstances in their life when they don't have the Lord, when they don't have Jesus Christ as their Savior. But you know what? The truth is, they do, don't they? They get through. They get through. They muddle through. It's not a matter of if difficulties are going to come our way. It's a matter of when. How we handle our trials, our sorrow, and grief is important. I uh, one time was in a, uh, had to take Johnny to a, a clinic appointment, and I was in the waiting area, and uh, this guy just struck up a conversation with me, telling me about his son, and his son would, would, would have these screaming fits, and uh, he, would, he would scream all night long, and, uh, and he said, man, I'm here to the doctor. He said, uh, they got to give either give my, give my son some drugs or give me some drugs, but i got to get some sleep. And, and, I, and my heart broke for the guy. I didn't really get a chance to talk to him because, you know, our appointment was called, our name was called, and, and we got it. But you know what, folks? That's how people without the Lord thinks they need, think they need to handle trials, think that they need to handle some things, and, and, and it could be very destructive. I've heard that many couples that have children with special needs, uh, their marriages don't last very long because of the stress that they're under, the stress that they're going through. The stresses associated with caregiving is very, very high. Now this conference is designed to give you some hope. To give you some hope in the midst of whatever it is you've gone through, whatever it is you will go through. Tonight and tomorrow, uh, you're going to hear testimonies of people that have had to deal with some very difficult circumstances. You know, none of us, none of us have done everything right. <laughs> none of us have done everything perfectly. You know, if, if we were to do some things over again, I know there's a lot of things I'd probably change, the things that I had done uh, raising our son Johnny. But I believe that there's going to be a common thread in all these testimonies that you're going to hear over the, today and tomorrow. And that is the grace of God. The grace of God. God's grace is sufficient. Those that go through trials and heartache and pain without the Lord do not have that, do they? They rely upon their own strength. They rely upon their own will or their own determination to get them through. To get them through whatever it is that they're going through. Those that have Christ as their Savior have the opportunity to tap into the grace of God. We talk about the grace of God and what the grace of God is, is, is God's unmerited favor. That's the, the easiest definition. It, we don't deserve what God does for us. We don't deserve God's favor in our life, but he gives it to us anyway. Amen. Yeah, thank the Lord for that. 
by the grace of God, we can claim the promises of God to get us through our times of trials, the promises of peace, the promises of his presence, the promise of comfort in communication through his word, the promise of sustaining power, the promise of his strength, his mercy, the promise of communicating to him through prayer. Hebrews chapter number 4 and verse 15, the Bible says, For we have not an high priest, speaking of Jesus, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Thank the Lord that we have the opportunity to prayer to pray, excuse me. Tonight, if you're here and you don't have the hope of the promises of God, you don't have the hope of God's peace, you don't have the hope of all those promises I spoke of a moment ago, I want to encourage you tonight to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. Friend, that's the beginning of experiencing God's grace. You need to know the grace of God that saves the soul, that forgives sin. That's the beginning of grace in Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. God in his grace offers today the free gift of salvation. The free gift of being forgiven. Forgiven of your sins. To have eternal life through Jesus Christ. The Lord will save you from your sin if you would call out to Him. Ask Him to forgive you. Believe on Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. You ever think about this? If you and I could be good enough, if you and I could be religious enough, if you and I could somehow gain God's favor outside of the cross of Calvary, then there's no point to the cross. But the truth is, friend, we can't be good enough. We can't be religious enough. And that's the whole reason why Jesus Christ came to this earth, suffered and died for our sin, and rose and is at the right hand of God. You can draw, once you've done that, once you've trusted Christ as your Savior, and you, you've experienced the grace that saved you now, friend, you can draw upon all those promises I talked about a little while ago. The promises of His peace. The promises of His presence. The promise of communicating with Him. We that are saved today i got a question for you. How do we go through our trials? How do we go through our trials? Do we rely on our own power? Or do we rely on God's power in our times of trials and grief? Many years ago, I was listening to a radio station. Johnny was probably about seven years old. It was a Christian radio station, and there was a, a couple guys who were psychologists or counselors or whatever they were, but they had a guy call in whose uh, wife just had a baby that had many uh, physical disabilities, just like our son Johnny did. And I could hear the, guy, the pain in the guy's voice as he was talking to these counselors on the phone. And it, I, I was just compelled to pick up the phone and call the radio station, so I did. And uh, I got through and, and started talking to the guy and trying to encourage him, man, take one day at a time. Don't look too far down the road. You'll drive yourself crazy thinking about what can happen down the road. One of the things about God's grace is we only have grace for today. There's no, you can't draw on tomorrow's grace. 
All right? So when we start thinking too far down the road and we start thinking about all those things, you know what? There's not grace today for that. There'll be grace there when you get there, but don't, don't, you don't have the grace to worry and to fret about what might happen tomorrow. So as I was talking, finally these counselors, they kind of turned the tables and started asking me questions. And, and, and they said, hey, what have you learned through all this time, you know, with your son and everything that we've been through so far? Um, uh, what have you learned about yourself? And I said, well, I learned that I need God's grace and God's power to get me through all these situations. Well, that's not the answer that they were looking for. So he asked me the same question a little bit different way. So, so um, uh, what is it that you may have learned through your trials and all that you've gone through about yourself? And I just started laughing inside, and I said, I learned that I cannot do this without God's strength and God's power. I know the answer that they were looking for. The answer they were looking for is, I learned that I could handle more than I ever thought that I possibly could. Friend, truth is, I can't handle it. I couldn't do it. I would have never have been able to deal with all the things that we've gone through in our life without the grace and strength that God gave us through all of our trials. He hung, we hung up the phone. I know they were disappointed, but I didn't care. I told them the truth, man. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Philippians chapter number 4, very familiar portion of Scripture. Philippians 4 and verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned that in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Again, Christian, how do we handle our trials? How do we handle our heartache? How do we handle the grief that comes into our lives? You know, this passage really gives us a contrast in attitudes about facing difficulties. First of all, I want you to see the decision. Look in verse 11 again. Not that I speak in respect of what, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. My wife and I have the privilege of traveling around the country and uh, preaching in churches, doing conferences. This is the, this is the uh, fourth, conference, fourth conference that we've done this year. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, we enjoy being, you, you folks live in a beautiful part of the country. I just got to tell you, it's gorgeous around here. We just love it. We were in Bristol the other day, all right? And we were in two states at the same time. Amen. And you know what? We ate in both states. And I could be content in both states. But you do realize that's not what the Bible's talking about here, right? Okay? It's not talking about what state you are in therewith to be content. All right? I'm from Michigan. And in Michigan, in February, I am never content, okay? I'm never content there in February. But, but what the Word of God is speaking about here is our condition, our circumstances in life. Whatsoever circumstances I'm in, therewith I learned to be content. That's what Paul says. He lived through many ups and downs in his life, and he learned to be content in all his situations, whether they were good or whether they were bad, whether they hurt or whether he was comforted in them. 
He had to learn that Christ was enough. That Christ was enough for him in all his situations. Friend, is Christ enough for you today? Is he enough? Can you find contentment in whatever state you are in? Whatever situation you may be in. It's not easy at times. It's not easy to be contented where we are. Sometimes we hurt beyond our, our imagination. We can't imagine the pain and the, and the heartache that, that we could have never have imagined how hard grief can be. It's not, it's, not, it's not something that we can be content in, in and of ourselves. Circumstances can be very hard. There are times when we wish our circumstances would be different. When they wouldn't be what we've gone through. Wouldn't be the situation that we are living in and going through. Contentment in, in life is, a, is, is something that is a learned behavior. We have to learn, like the Apostle Paul, he learned to be content. Christ truly is enough in all of life. That is, that is only learned. You only learn that Christ is enough when you've experienced the fact that in your deepest, darkest hours of life, he's enough. Once you've, once you've gone through that, once you've gone through some things in your life, and you realize, you know what? The Lord got me through. He got me through. He's the one that got me through. That's when you learn, you know what? He is truly enough. His grace is sufficient for my life. Seeing him prove, seeing him prove himself faithful. So decide today to be content in whatever state you're in. Because, my friend, your state, your condition, your situation may not change. It may not change. And are we going to fight against it? Or are we going to say, you know something, Lord, I know your grace will get me through. Then I want you to see the doing. Not only, not, not only uh, um, uh, uh, the, the, what, what, well, the doing in verse 12. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Paul contrasts the different states that he has learned to be content in. Good times and bad times. You know, in context, he's speaking of his physical needs in this, in this chapter. But you know what? We need to understand that life is full of ups and downs. Life is full of times of heartache and pain, in times of not so much heartache and pain. How's that? In the midst of our trials and grief, you know what? Things can get worse, can't they? Life doesn't always go from bad to good. Sometimes it goes from bad to worse. You know, I always, when, when things started going good, I always got nervous. I got nervous because I knew something bad was about to happen. And I lived my life looking over my shoulder. Um, 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 when Johnny was born, 
obviously that was a blow to us, and, and there were so many things, that, so many doctor's appointments and hospital visits and surgeries and emergency room visits, and all those things were going on. Well, I had my own business at the time, and the business was failing. And you know what? The car still broke down, and uh, 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 bills weren't getting paid, and there was a lot of things that were going on in our life, and, and I was just always waiting for the shoe to, next shoe to drop. What else is going to go wrong? And one day, and, and when things are going good, I'm going, oh man, something bad's just about to happen. I know something bad's going to happen because things are going too good. And one day the Lord convicted my heart. And he said, you know what? Why don't you just try to enjoy the good days? Because the bad days are coming, whether you want them to or not. Enjoy the time when you're, when you're not going through the fire, amen? Go ahead and relax a little bit. You know what? But my problem was I was not content in the state I was in. I was not content where I was. Pain and heartache can be accompanied with setbacks of all kinds. But never forget, friend, we still have the promises of God. As a child of God, He's there with you. His presence is with you. He can give you peace in the midst of the storm. He can comfort you. You know, the Holy Ghost of God, when we get saved, the Spirit of God dwells inside of us, right? And what did Jesus say his title was? The Comforter. And he comforts us in all our tribulation. And the beauty and wisdom of God, when you hurt so bad that you can't even pray, what does the Bible say? that the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. Oh, friend, we've got something special in that. In the midst of our heartache, in the midst of our grief, in the midst of all the pain that we go through, we still have the promise of the Holy Spirit of God dwelling inside of us. But then, friend, friend I finally want to come and see the doer. The doer. In verse 13, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Here's the contrast I was talking about a little while ago. How we handle our trials. You read that verse, and I ask you a question. Where's the emphasis in your mind in that verse? Is it on, I can do all things through Christ? Or is it, I can do all things through Christ? It's a big difference, friend. There's a big difference. This verse doesn't mean that I can accomplish any goal that I set out to through Jesus Christ. No, the Bible, we've got to take the Bible in context, right? We went through what Paul talked about, the contrast in life, good times, bad times, hard times, difficult times, his situation, his situation, whatever your situation is, friend, you can do that. You can do that through Christ. Not your own strength. Not your, that's what the world does. That's what people that do not have Jesus Christ, that's what they do. They man up. They pull themselves up by their bootstraps. They toughen up. And they go forward. Who gets the glory then? They get the glory, don't they? But the sad truth is, far too many of us believers, that's exactly what we do. You see, friend, grief, grief 
is a hard work. I was talking to Richard a little while ago about that. It's a hard work, man. Grief is a hard work. And, and a, a lot of philosophy in Christianity today is man up. Put it behind you. Move on. Well, can I tell you something, friend? That doesn't help you. That doesn't help you. That doesn't get you through the grief. That just gives you a little bit stronger constitution, sick as I can. What we need to do is admit to God, Lord, I can't. I can't do this. I don't have the power in and of myself to deal with the pain that I'm dealing with. Lord, you have to help me. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the healer of broken hearts. And so often we try to hide that. Our heart is broken. Our, 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 our life is a shambles. We're, 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 we're going through the most difficult times in our life, and we try to hide that from God. How's that working for you? You can't hide it from God. Friend, we need to come clean with the Lord and just say, Lord, I can't do this in my strength. And guess what? The Lord will come alongside and He will give you the strength that you need. Oh, don't, don't emphasize the I can do all things through Christ. Emphasize the Christ in that sentence. Emphasize you can do it with Him, through Him. Not your own strength. Not your own work. When we operate in our own strength, we get the glory. Our testimony is about our strength and our power. Again, we're no different than the world. When we man up and pull ourselves up and toughen up, that's the testimony of what we are able to do and not the testimony of what God is able to do. Our testimony needs to be His strength, His power, His grace. Again, Psalm 147, verse 3. I got ahead of myself here, but that's okay. It says, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Friend, that's the work the Lord wants to do in your life and in my life. It's the work that He wants to do. He's not asking you to do it. He's asking you to let Him do it through you. Him do it through you. No matter what it is that you're going through or what you've gone through, the Lord will teach you to be content by His power. By his strength. John chapter 14 and verse 5, Jesus says, For without me, ye can do nothing. <laughs> we read that verse and say, Yeah, man, that's so true. But is it really true? Do we believe it to the point where we live it? Or do we just toughen up? Or we just say, I can do it, I can get through this, I, I can do it. No, no, friend, friend, we've got to change our thinking. That's what I'm hoping that happens this weekend. That our thinking begins to change. Not about what I can do. Because truth is, we usually mess things up. <laughs> but you know what? It's about what God can do. God can do in me. God can do with me. And that God could show himself powerful to everybody that's watching me, watching my life. We can do all things through Christ 
that includes being content in our trials. My friend, Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. Tonight and tomorrow, you're going to hear testimonies of God's grace, God's strength, and God's power. People that have learned to be content by relying on the Lord and not relying on self. Can you claim the Lord's promises today? What I mean by that is, are, have you personally trusted Christ as your Savior? You need to experience the grace of God in having your sins forgiven and, and, and all, admitting you're a sinner. We're all sinners. You're looking at one. I'm just a saved sinner. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven by the grace of God. But friend, you need to know Jesus Christ as your Savior before you can claim all these promises of God's comfort and peace and presence and all those things that we've talked about so far. Do you have God's grace operating in your circumstances? Child of God, what's your emphasis? I can do all things through Christ. Sounds pretty prideful in my world. I can do all things. I am strong. Where's your strength come from? It's got to come from Christ, friend. It's got to come from the Lord. We can do all things through Christ that God wants us to do, wants us to endure in whatsoever state we are in. Whatever our circumstances are, I can do them. I can do them. When our son John was born, and I'll share some of this tomorrow, but I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I can't do this. I can't do I knew in my flesh there was no way I had the strength and the power to be able to do the next thing that laid ahead because it was a road that I could not fathom. And I had to tell the Lord, I can't do this. I need your grace and I need your strength to get me through. And you know what? God answered that prayer. And I thank the Lord that he did. Because after every emergency room visit, every operating room visit, every intensive care waiting room visit, every time, again and again and again and again and again, God showed himself faithful. And he gave us the strength. And he gave us the power. And my friend, that same power is available to everybody that's in this room right now. Please, 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 don't try to do it in your own strength. Trust God and watch what God can do for you. You can through Christ, through Christ. Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Thank you for your promises. Thank you, Lord, that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And Father, in the midst of our darkest hours, we know that we're never truly alone. People may fail us. People may abandon us. But Lord, we know that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Father, we can claim that promise. Your word tells us that we can have the peace that passeth all understanding. The world won't get it. We won't understand it. 
but we can possess it. Thank you, Lord, that you speak to us through your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can speak to you through prayer. So, Father, tonight, I pray that we would just change our thinking. Not about our strength. Not about what we can do. But, Lord, it's all about you. Jesus is enough. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor. Amen. Well, that's a great start, brother. Appreciate that word. And uh, grateful that Christ is sufficient. And I know uh, I already got some stuff that I needed tonight. And, uh, and just to share myself, I, I know so many times you said one thing, and not that the rest of it didn't matter, but that I needed this, that you can ask just about anybody that's close to me. I focus so much on going, well, things are going good, so I better wait because it's getting ready to get bad. Something could always be worse. It's going to get worse. It's going to get bad. I know the worst thing that could ever happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So thank you for that. Uh, well, here's what I want to do. I want us to uh, take about a 10, 15-minute break. When we come back, uh, we'll meet back in here, and we're going to have a, a song. Uh, we got some special, uh, mu- uh, some special music. Justin and Emma Oaks are here tonight and tomorrow with us. They're going to be doing some singing, so they'll do a song for us tonight, and we'll get started and uh, have our second session of the night. Uh, and here's what I want to do as well. As you go out, uh, the bookstore will be available. So uh, the ladies who are working that table, if you want to go ahead and sneak on out, that would be great. Uh, walk around, take a look through, go to the restroom. If you need refreshments, let us know. We can get you. Uh, there, I think there's some, some uh, water and stuff in the back as well still. Um, and then as well, too, I want to encourage you. Tonight, if maybe what he's talking about got you and you understand that you do not know Christ as your Lord and Savior, This is the perfect opportunity. Come find one of us up here in the front, and we would love to take the Bible and show you, Jesus, that you would be born again tonight so that you can receive these promises, so that you can see the strength that is in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. All right? So with all that, uh, let's uh, stand to our feet, and we'll take a break, and we'll meet back here in 15 minutes.